You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. The opinions and suggestions expressed on the following program are solely those of the participants and are not necessarily endorsed by KRMG, Cox Media Group Incorporated, or the program sponsors. Stay tuned for Money Talk, an informative and educational show that's all about money and investments. From 401ks to IRAs to insurance, your host is Dan Witham, a Wall Street veteran with over 25 years of experience in the securities industry. Dan is a branch manager with LPL Financial. The opinions voiced on this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individuals. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA, SIPC. All investing involves risk, including possible loss of principal. Now, here's Money Talk. And good Sunday morning to you. My name's Russell Mills, and this is Money Talk, featuring the guy from LPL Financial. His name is Dan Witham. Dan is the branch manager of LPL here in town, and every week he comes on the air here and he gives away books and he gives away information absolutely gratis no charge to you dan with them good morning sir good morning russell how are you i am well thank you what do we got for book this week sir well good morning steve good morning I see you here this morning it's good i always to have forget you. about old steve, steve when he's sitting right there Sorry. i'm very forgettable so <laughs> i wouldn't say that and your name is money yeah that's right true. like you didn't have your name changed right you were nope. born with that no nope. amazing i didn't have a thing to do with it okay the book sir okay the book this week is one of my favorite books it's a book we haven't given away in a while russell it was written by a guy named michael o'higgins which is probably not a name we throw around much here in the studio i will admit However, it was a book written shortly after I became a, a young broker when I started way back when. And it's called Beating the Dow. It's all about how to buy quality Dow Jones industrial stocks, hence the name, Beating the Dow. And it talks about how to buy them when they're discounted, when they're cheap. Steve, would you rather buy them cheap or expensive? No, I'm like the buy low, sell high. Okay, good idea. So what this book is about, what this concept is about, is buying the highest yielding Dow Jones stocks, essentially, and holding them for a year, buying the 10 highest yielding stocks, holding them for a year, in the thought that the stunt, when the stock price goes down, if the dividend stays the same, the yield goes up, because yield is a function of the dividend divided by the price. So if your price is $20, Russell, your stock price, and your dividend is $1, okay. you have about a 5% dividend. If my math is following correct. so far, yes. okay. So now, said stock price drops to ten, but the dividend is still one. Now you have a ten percent yield, right? Wow. Does that makes sense. Twice as good a yield. Yes, even though the stock price went down. But this is when you want to buy. It's when it's at ten percent yield, gotcha. not when it's at twenty dollars a share. You want to buy it when it's at ten. That's the concept behind this whole thing. Mm-hmm. So there's a few. I can give you a couple of examples of when this has happened to Dow Jones stocks. The other reason he likes doing this is because. As both of you, I'm sure, know, the Dow Jones stocks tend to stick around for a year or two. Well, this is 30 companies that have market capitalizations in the approaching the trillions. Close to the trillions now, yeah. So they'll be here tomorrow. Yes. Uh, ExxonMobil, as you may recall, Russell had a little incident in 1989. 
March 24th of 1989, uh, to be exact. Sounds like the Exxon Valdez. That would be it. That little ship that ran aground the boat, hit the shore, and spilled a little bit of oil, you know, on the that ground. That was a big ship, and it was a lot of oil, as <laughs> <laughs> I recall. <laughs> and that was quite the kerfuffle, yeah. A couple drops of oil hit the ground, and people freaked out. You know, what can I say? <laughs> and yet... <laughs> Exxon still doing business. Yeah, they made, they had a pretty good year last year. As a matter of fact, you could like say that fifty-two yeah. billion in after-tax profit last year. Holy moly! Um, then there's um, Johnson and Johnson had a horrible scandal back ah, in nineteen eighty-two. Yeah, thing, in eighty-two, yes. uh, and they're still around. And seven people died. I looked it up before we came in the air. On air, uh, seven people died in that episode. Unfortunately, wow. uh, when they were putting cyanide, the person was putting cyanide in the Tylenol capsules and putting them back on the shelves. Essentially, is what happened. Uh, very sad episode. But Johnson Johnson's still around, yes. So this book is all about how to take advantage and look for opportunities in the Dow 30. It's about it's a strategy you want to follow for the long term. It's not a strategy you want to do for one year. It's something you want to do for multiple years. If you're going to do it, like I've said about many, many strategies, you've got to stay with it. You've got to keep doing it year in, year out. Because one year you do it, it may not have its best year. Whatever year that might be, it might not be its best year. Anyhow, the book teaches you all about how to do this strategy. It also goes into detail about all of the Dow 30 companies and what they do and why they're successful. We'll send you a free copy of this book, plus information on our tactical asset allocation system, which hopefully we'll get to talk about on the air today. That's my intention. That's my plan. But as Russell and Steve know, things don't always go the way we hope. And that's usually my <laughs> well, fault. But sometimes uh, Steve... I, he was kind of looking at us when he said that, <laughs> yes. wasn't he? Well, it's, it's <laughs> true. Kind of true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyhow, uh, we'll send you the book and the information absolutely free. All you have to do is pick up the phone and give me a call. The number is 918-398-8387. That's 918-398-8387. 8387. Now it is the weekend, so you will get our voicemail. All I ask is that you leave your name and your uh, correct address, if you would, and we will send you a copy of this outstanding book and the information. The book is called Beating the Dow. It's by Michael O'Higgins, and I don't know if you guys know this, but there's a whole industry that was uh, formed around this concept. There's unit investment trusts and ETFs and all kinds of things that do this strategy, implement it for people. Uh, and so it's it's been a really interesting phenomenon to see how it worked over the years. And they started this back in 1991, doing unit trusts and stuff, and they're still doing them today. I can tell you they're still out there today being offered uh, to the public on a regular basis. So anyhow, it's a very interesting concept. Uh, it's a great concept for investment strategy. And it's a, it's a conservative strategy. You know, it's a rather conservative investment strategy people that want to own Dow Jones stocks. And I've got a whole bunch of data to throw at you guys that's been coming out and different things going on. As you know, and I have mentioned once or twice, I'm, I follow research from a company called Wolf Research, which is a boutique firm and uh, kind of a small firm up in New York, but does a very good job. And I mentioned to Steve the other day outside Russell that Wolf Research actually provides a lot of the quantitative data via analysis and spreadsheets that I get, but they actually provide a lot of the data to a firm called a little firm called Gold, Goldman Sachs. Oh, I heard of those guys. Yeah, which has been doing investing for a little bit of yeah. time as well. Been around a while. Yes, yeah, been around for a while. But anyhow, the Wolf thinks that we are headed to a recession. They think that we're, you know, a couple steps along the way right now. And I, I'm beginning to think we're either in the throws of a recession right now in the beginning of it uh, or, or coming soon. We're seeing some disinflationary numbers, some odd numbers we had seen in oil 
in i'm trying to think of which period it was march yeah in april prices have gone back up but in march prices dropped a good bit uh, but it's going to be interesting the reason we will see we normally see some of this is because as we go into a recession of course demand craters you know for some products uh big you know consumer uh, high ticket items tvs refrigerators things like that cars uh, so as your demand comes down your prices normally will come down does that make sense so far yep you with me? Why the Yes. And then the Wolf thinks that the Fed is going to increase another 25 basis points at their May meeting. They have a, That's May 3rd is their next meeting. The street has the odds at 68% chance of a Fed rate hike in May. Now, this number changes daily. So don't put too much faith in that number because there's still two weeks between now and May 3rd. A lot can happen. Depends on how much data comes out, what, you know, CPI numbers, things like that. I don't think we have any more releases of CPI before May 3rd. I'm pretty sure we don't. But uh, the jobs numbers, stuff like that. And the question is, Wall Street's betting on one thing and the Fed's kind of doing another. And I'm going to try to explain what I mean by that. Wall Street thinks the Fed is going to stop the rate hikes and not raise on May 3rd. A lot of people do. The average person does. However... If the Fed continues, one side's going to win over the other. So what I'm saying is, if the Fed does something different than what the, wall, what the people think, is going to be a bad outcome. Does that make sense? People or the market, not necessarily a bad outcome, the but a short-term volatility. react sharply. Yeah. Yes, is what I'm trying to say. Yes, exactly. And so we have to be cognizant of that potential. Now, I sit here and look at the numbers and see that there's a 68% chance of a rate hike. The Fed, the Wall Street thinks that, and I'm going, well, it sounds like they're on the same page. Right? Yeah. And like they both think there's going to be a rate hike. But I, I keep seeing things that say, you know, the average consumer thinks the Fed's going to stop and Wall Street thinks the Fed's going to stop. And I do hear this from a lot of Wall Street pundits. And it alarms me to hear it because the Fed has been quite clear. Powell has said, we're not done raising rates. He has said, this is our target rate. We're going to keep raising rates. And then what they did, traditionally have done is they will raise rates to a point and then pause and do nothing for a while and wait to see what happens. See what happens. And then start lowering rates if we go into a recession or if the rates you know need to come down. They will start lowering them later. But they don't just go from raising rates to lowering rates normally. Now, it has happened, I think, once or twice, but that's very rare. So normally what we'd see is a pause in between of several months you know, before they do something like lowering rates. And, of course, that depends on what happens in the economy, in the interim, you know, what, what, the, what all the economic data dictates. And Powell has said, we're driven by the data, and Wall Street seems to want to ignore that fact. I don't know why. Because I don't know what else he would look at. <laughs> yeah. How else do you base that decision? Crystal ball, Ouija board. Yeah, I mean, um, that's what it should be based on, is the data. Chicken bone wings. He's probably yeah. not watching the financial news channels. When Hopefully. Would yeah. hope. In any case, we're going to take a quick time out. Um, a reminder that Dan gives away books every week. This is one we've he's given away before, not recently. It's called Beating the Dow. And he'll send it to you absolutely free. He'll also send you information about his strategy on tactical asset allocation, which we're going to talk about more here in just a little bit. So if you like all that free stuff, it's easy. Just pick up the phone and call his office at 918-398-8387. Now, again, that's the Beating the Dow, the book, plus information on tactical asset allocation, all free. Just call his office. Now, it's Sunday. You'll get the voicemail, okay? So leave the correct name and address, if you would be so kind, at 918-398-8387. More Money Talk after a quick timeout on 1023 
KRMG. Welcome back to Money Talk here on 1023 KRMG, Tulsa's News and Talk. I'm always interested to see what the musical selection is going to be. And this week, it is clearly the Doobie Brothers. Uh, I'm not sure why, but we'll ask the guy who might know. He, he is our host. He is uh, uh, with LPL Financial here in town, and his name is Dan Witham. Dan, first explain our musical selection, then you can tell him about the book this week. Sometimes I let Spotify decide for us. Oh, so man. That's what happened. <laughs> Sweet. Of course, well, I also I love the Doobie Brothers. I so, do love the, yes. the Doobie Brothers. and, and uh, Great yeah. music. Great, great stuff. Go ahead. Yes. And uh, believe it or not, they're a very successful band financially because they actually have a manager who hasn't screwed them over. One of the <laughs> take, few take band, bands night. that yes. didn't get screwed over by the manager. Yeah. Uh, it's in, there's a good documentary on it somewhere on, on the web or somewhere. I can't remember where I saw it. Anyhow, our book this week is called Beating the Dow. It's by Michael O'Higgins. We'll send you a free copy of this outstanding book on how to buy some of the Dow 30 stocks each year. and only trades once a year, by the way. Very simple strategy to implement. It takes about 10 minutes, I would say, to implement it at the most. It's not hard. That's not bad. It's very unemotional, very quantitative, very easy. We'll send you a copy of the book, plus the information on the tactical asset allocation system that I use. And we'll get to talk about it hopefully here in a little bit, uh, maybe. Uh, it's all free. Just give me a call at 918-398-8387. That's 918-398-8387. Just leave us your name and your address. When you get a voicemail, please, and we'll send it out to you. EVs. EVs. We've talked about EVs. Once or twice? Yes, sir. Electric vehicles, for those who don't know what I'm referring to, just in case. Ford, Lord Mr. Ford, came out and said they think they're going to lose money this year on their EVs. Now, I don't know how you lose money on this when the government is subsidizing $7,500 per car. You have demand through the roof. You can't produce the cars fast enough, Russell. I, What's wrong with that I, picture? I, How I are you still know. losing money on these cars? They're I saying they're going to lose $3 billion this year on EVs. That's crazy. <laughs> I, I have no idea how that how that works. But I do thought. know that I uh, read an article today about d- demands for EVs in Asia is just skyrocketing. It's going through the roof. They can't make yeah. them fast enough. So I bet. Uh, Ford says... They think they're going to be profitable in a couple of years on EVs. However, they're basing that on a 100% per year growth in units. Which th- so. they may well experience. You know, I'm wondering yeah. if a lot of it is just research, development, retooling factories. Just, that's you know, good yeah. point. I, I think there's a lot of overhead that's going to be involved in in getting this, you know, getting the EV market turned over. But the, right. the, or the driver, you know, the, so to coined the phrase, but the driving force here is consumer demand. People want them. And that's kind of what that Asian article was was pointing out. Very interesting. Um, I mentioned before, RVs not having a good year. February shipments, I haven't seen the March shipments yet for recreational vehicles. February shipments were down 54% year over year. Man, that's a bunch. That's a drop. That's a noticeable drop. Here's a very interesting phenomenon. Very interesting topic, number, whatever you want to call this, that I found the other day, Russell, when I was perusing through the St. Louis Fed's website. I'm sure you guys spent a lot of time on that website. Uh, oh, I hang out with the Dallas <laughs> one. But in fact, Russell and I, we exchange that information all the time. That's right. Um, there's a number that they track called primary and secondary full-time jobs. People that have not one but two full-time jobs. Holy moly. They're working hard. 
Yes, this number, are. these people, this, the number of people doing this are up 64% since Joe Biden took office. That's not a good sign. Nope. That's because of inflation. No, is that because they started tracking that number? No, they've been tracking it for many years. Oh, okay. Yeah. And uh, it's a number I didn't even, I wasn't even aware of, quite frankly, until I ran across it by accident the other day. Uh, but anyhow, retail sales numbers came out last week, and they weren't very pretty. They were down 1%. Uh, year over year, the problem is that is not an adjusted number for inflation. That's a raw number. Hmm. Which means after inflation, they're down about 6 or 7%. Now, we have seen, I have seen, I shouldn't say we, I don't mean to include you guys in my <laughs> misdeeds. <laughs> Russell, he acts like we don't keep track of this stuff. We'll see. We'll see, and, and, we'll and see would, what we saw. He would be now, correct in my case. What I, what I was referring to was I have seen companies, big retailers, one that starts with a W, ends with... Allmark. <laughs> hint, hint. <laughs> so, I have seen them uh, indicate that they expect this year to be a difficult year for comparable sales and things like that. Profits. Let's just say profits, okay? And uh, Walmart benefits from people moving down market, right? In a recession, Walmart gets customers from the other upscale, right. more upscale stores, right? right? That charge higher prices for fancier goods, whatever you want to call it. Okay. Uh, so we're we're seeing some difficult numbers from uh, those a lot of in that industry, and not to mention, I saw where I think Best Buy just announced layoffs, a big layoff a couple days ago. Uh, I'm not surprised at all by that. Yeah, because I the part of that is probably coming from the move to online purchasing. That's exactly what I was. Thinking. Not just the economy, it's just but easier. I think a lot of it's the online purchasing aspect, which has been going on for a decade. Let's face it, that that migration, if you will. Uh, I, I refer to Best Buy as the uh, Amazon showroom. So if that tells you anything. <laughs> Not a lot of truth to that. That's, uh, that's kind of how I view it, unfortunately. Uh, so people go in there and look and they go to Amazon to buy their product. Yeah, you know, product I'm not sure you need that tactical or, or tactile uh, feel for TVs like you do for a book or something. You know? Oh, I want to. I, I, I want to see the display. So, oh no, you want to see the display, but you don't need to go touch it. And like, yeah. I mean, some of us like books, not reading on a computer. You know. And, yes. But you, yeah, that's why it's the showroom. You know, you go in and look at it, and then go home and order it. Okay. All kinds of people getting second jobs. Retail numbers, no bueno. The GDP number comes out. I believe in about a week or two. We'll see what the GDP number is for the first quarter. It should be interesting. The, the Fed's still projecting a positive GDP number as of this moment. So we will see what happens. Um, the earnings are about down 4 to 6% so far for the S&P 500 for the first quarter of this year. I'm referring to first quarter of 23, Q1, which just ended a couple weeks ago. We're seeing earnings reports of minus 4 to minus 6% compared to a year earlier. Now, we only have a few that are out. We don't have very many that are out yet. So the, the bulk of them haven't come out yet. So we'll see. Uh, so we're in kind of an earnings recession, but that doesn't mean we're in a recession necessarily. Does that make sense? Right. Because a recession is when the GDP itself is negative, right? Right. For, for two quarters in a row. Yeah. Okay. So this doesn't mean we're in a recession. I'm just saying this is what Wall Street thinks. We're going to see minus four to minus six. We're seeing around the minus four mark right now in that neighborhood is what we've seen. But we've only seen a few companies report. So we... Don't have the bulk of the information yet. We're still waiting. We have the tip of the iceberg, but not the rest of it, so to speak. And I hope that makes a little bit of sense. So we know where the iceberg is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we don't know how big it is. Or we don't know what kind of damage it's going to do. How much of it is under the water. Yeah. Yep. No, I totally get you. All right. Well, I reckon that's probably a good stopping point. If you want to go ahead and 
Let's have some more Doobie Brothers music while I tell you about the, the book Dan's given away this week. It is Beating the Dow. Now, he'll send you that book absolutely free, and he'll also include some information on tactical asset allocation, some of the stuff that we've been talking about and we'll continue to talk about after we uh, hear the news and the weather. The book, the information, all absolutely free. All you got to do is pick up the phone and call Dan's office at 918-398-8387. Now, it is Sunday. You will get the voicemail. So please leave the correct name and address, and you'd be shocked how many people leave the incorrect name and address. Dan's just shaking his head, sadly, but no, it's true. So leave the right name and address there at 918-398-8387. He'll send you the book and the information. And by the way, if you want to get a start on a Doobie Brothers uh, album collection, start with Captain and Me. It's killer. More money talk after the news on 1023 KRMG. Welcome back to Money Talk here on 1023 KRMG, Tulsa's News and Talk. You might want to take to the streets, get a nice walk today. The weather's going to be gorgeous. We've got sunshine in the big city of Tulsa. That's nice. Or maybe you'd like to curl up and read a good book. Well, I know a guy who's got a book. <laughs> Dan Witham is branch manager for LPL Financial, and he gives away books every week. If you're new to the show, thanks for tuning in. And now you'll find out why so many people like to listen to it, because a lot of them collect those free books. From Mr. Witham, Dan Witham, what you got for him this week? I sure do, Russell. Thank you very much. And the book this week is called Beating the Dow. It's by Michael O'Higgins, a classic investment book about a very simple yet classic strategy, easy to implement. We'll send you a free copy of this book along with information on the tactical asset allocation system we're going to talk about right now. It's all free. Just give me a call at 918-398-8387. That's 918-398-8387. 8387. Just leave us your name and your address when you get our voicemail, and we'll send you the book and the information absolutely free. Russell and Steve, I got a quiz for you. Oh, goody. Oh, great. (laughs) I'm thrilled. There's no real math involved here. No real math. Don't worry. Don't sweat it. Over the last five years, which one would you think has had the highest return? I'm going to give you three choices. All right. The small cap index, which is referred to as the Russell 2000, which is typically what we think of as the riskiest index, right? The NASDAQ 100, which is your, your large NASDAQ, you know, tech stocks to a large degree. And three, the S&P 500. Which one of these do you think has had the lowest return? Which the S&P 500 is your big stodgy company? Uh, actually, I would say the S&P 500. Okay. Russell? I'm going to go the opposite way. I'm going to go with the Russell 2000. Okay. Well, Russell wins the prize, Steve. Oh, wow. Sorry. The Russell 2000 has a five-year return number of 23%, and that's not per year. Holy moly. That's total For the five years. For the five years. The S&P, 53%, so more than double. Yep. The Russell 2000. The NASDAQ, 104. Well, that's a little better. Woof. Well, so, Tech. 23, 53, and 104. Now, that's up to the, that's up 104%, though. That's, right. that's tech, yes. This is why I've sat here and said, tech's not going anywhere. Remember, I've said yeah. this many times. It's going to be part of our lives until we're all in the ground, that's for sure. Right? Okay. The reason I mention this, so the small cap Russell 2000, 
is the highest risk, the highest volatility of the three indexes that I mentioned. Does that make sense? Yep. Yeah. Yet it has the lowest return of the three indexes I mentioned. Highest risk, lowest return. Risk does not Ouch. equal return. Are you with me so far? Yeah. That, yeah. That does make sense. You can take risk. It doesn't mean you will get return. Okay. Tactical asset allocation. Let's talk about risk and return. My tactical asset allocation system, the way I do it. <clears throat> I took an idea developed by a guy named Mebin Faber. Meb Faber. He wrote a paper in 2007 called A Quantitative Approach to Tactical Asset Allocation. I took his idea and I changed it a little bit. So it's my strategy is a little bit different than his, but I want to give him credit, obviously, for his strategy. I use three indexes. The Dow Jones, Dow 30, S&P 500, All right. and the NASDAQ 100. Gotcha. There's no Russell 2000 in here. Yeah. Just <laughs> FYI. It's not in this one. I only buy or sell at month end. I only buy when the index, each index individually, is above its moving average. Now, I use different moving averages for that. I'll explain that in a minute. When the index is below the moving average, I go to cash. So 40% of the time, roughly, this money is in cash. 60% of the time is invested in the indexes. Not all at the same time. Because the Dow could be up, you know, above its moving average, and the NASDAQ could be below it. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. The NASDAQ 100 could be below it at the same time. And that does happen occasionally. Okay, last year, for example, the Dow had a pretty good, decent year compared to the S&P and the NASDAQ. It wasn't a great year, but it still performed a lot better than the other two. And so this is, that's a common occurrence for one of them to be up and the other ones might be down. It has, this system has a 60% less volatility, lower volatility than buy and hold. A decrease in volatility of 60%. Downside. Think downside. Yeah, think yeah. Bad things happening. You know, right? 60% lower volatility than the S&P uh, has, let's just say, has an 81% increase in return at the same time. Gotcha. The S&P's average return over the last five years is 11%. This strategy's average is just over 20%. Little better. 80% increase, 60% decrease in downside volatility. So, in other words, you could stand to you know, make more money and get more sleep at the same time. Yes. Great point. And you stand to not get hammered basically as much when yeah. the market has a year like it had last year. The strategy doesn't trade a lot because some people may think that this thing's trading in and out all the time of the indexes. No. And the reason is, a big reason is we only trade at month end. Because sometimes this strategy will hover around its moving average, Steve, and go above it and then go below it yeah. day after day, you know, over a week period or whatever. But if you only trade at month end, it doesn't matter what it does between... You've got the benefit of the whole month. The first numbers. and the 30th doesn't matter. All you're looking at is the last yep. number at the end of the month. That's the number we're looking at. Okay? The stra strategy averages 0 0.6 trades per position per year. Wow. That's pretty low. 0 0.6. It trades every position on average every 1.6 years. Wow. What is that, 19 months? Something like that? Yeah, about that. Yeah. About every 19 months. So it's going to be holding the position for a while, normally, when it goes into the position. We use different moving averages for the indexes. You may wonder why. Do you think the Dow, Steve, has the same level of volatility as the NASDAQ 100? No. You're correct. They're obviously different animals, right? So we treat them as different animals. 
Yes. We trade them differently, is what I'm trying to say. Use different moving averages. So I have developed different moving averages for each of them, custom fitted to each index. That is how I trade them. So we have basically an 81, 81% increase in return and a 60% decrease in the volatility. And this is over the last five years. How, that's how the strategy has traded, how the results have come out. So it's a simple strategy. It's not complicated. But I like it. I like it because it reduces our downside risk. You'll notice I did not say that it eliminates our downside risk. <laughs> because that doesn't happen. Right. If it did, <laughs> everybody would, everybody do would that. be doing yeah. that one. Right? I wish it did, yes. Uh, it does not. There's always risk. Anytime you enter into the market, there is risk. And you have to be comfortable with that. You know, you have to be willing to tolerate a certain level of risk. And if you cannot do that, you should not be in the market. That's my opinion. That's right. I don't know how more plainly to state it than that. But if you can't tolerate risk, you shouldn't be in the market. Most people think they have a much higher tolerance for risk than they really do. They think they can take a lot more than they actually can. And are those the ones calling you like the, the next day when something happens? Yes. And they're the ones that, you know, you put them in a portfolio, you explain to them what's going to happen, that it may do this, it may go down 10%, 15% in a year, whatever it might be. And yet they're still calling you when it's down 2%. You know, a yeah. month later, they're calling you on the phone screaming. Uh, and I've met many people like that over the years, I can tell you. And so people's tolerance, people's thoughts about their own investment process are radically different from reality. And that's true for most people, for almost everybody I can tell you that I've met over the years. It's, they think they're more skilled and they think they have more tolerance for risk than what they really do. Uh, and not everybody's like this. I'm just saying, I'm speaking in general broad terms here, sure. so forgive me, you know, but uh, we all think that we're better at investing than we are, and we all think that we have more of a risk tolerance than we really do. And the the problem is, it usually comes to light at the wrong moment, <laughs> at the, at the right, exact yeah. wrong time is when they find out. Uh, and, and even when they're calling me and, you know, saying, take me to cash or whatever, they, they will deny that this is the case, you know, that what I'm saying is true, that yeah. their tolerance for risk is not as great as they might think it is. Uh, they, the people that do this repeatedly will, will do it over and over and not recognize it, not even recognize the behavior. And yet uh, you can predict who's going to be calling you when XYZ happens in the news. Every time, every single time, I can tell you. Does not does not constitute a mystery <clears throat> who these folks are. All right, listen, uh, Dan gives away books every week. And if this idea of tactical asset allocation uh, appeals to you, he's willing to send you some information that will help you figure out how it all works. And along with that, a book called Beating the Dow. It's all free. All you got to do is call Dan's office. And the phone number is 918 398 8387. Again, you'll get the free information on tactical asset allocation and the book, Beating the Dow. No charge, no cost, no obligation to you. 918-398-8387. Okay, one obligation. Got to leave your name and address on the, the voicemail. You got this. All right, and we'll be right back with more Money Talk. You're listening to 1023 KRMG, Tulsa's News and Talk. Welcome back to Money Talk on 1023 KRMG, Tulsa's News and Talk. I'm Russell Mills. Do appreciate you sharing part of your Sunday morning with us. We're here every Sunday beginning at 10 a.m. Thanks to this guy. 
He is with LPL Financial here in town. He's the branch manager for LPL. His name is Dan Witham. Dan gives away books every week here on the old KMR. Dan, what you got for him this week, sir? Well, thank you, Russell. The book this week is called Beating the Dow. It's by Michael O'Higgins. It's an outstanding book about how to buy some of the Dow 30 stocks, hold them for a year, and then rinse and repeat every year, and have some hopefully have some long-term success in the, in the meantime. We'll send you a free copy of it along with information on our tactical asset allocation system. It's all free. All you have to do is give me a call at 918 918- 398-8387. That's 918-398-8387. Just leave us your name and your address when you get a voicemail. And we will send you this uh, information in the book absolutely free. Russell and Steve, yep. I've got a concept for you. A couple concepts for you. I'm going to run by you. It is all too easy for an investor to maintain while he's losing, you know, a third of his nest egg, that any distinction between the market participants and the market itself is entirely moot. That is what we would call a distinction without a difference. Does that make sense? So, in other words, the market is the people who participate in it. Is right. What you're saying. Okay. Yes. That's what the market is. Right, this is just a collection people of decisions. Yeah. Right. A collection of people making irrational decisions. Yeah. <laughs> That's what society is. That they opinion. think are rational because they're crazy. No, I'm, I'm teasing. Well, you know, there's a phrase I heard many years ago that was uh, something to the effect of, I'm going to mess this up, forgive me, I'm going to slaughter it, but it was something to the effect of we make our decisions to, I'm talking about investment decisions, we make our decisions based on emotion, but then try to justify them with logic. Which sounds I, like an argument on Facebook, doesn't it? <laughs> but it's, it sounds like a theme that you've been har- kind of harping on for years, which is you really should you know, go do both. Make, right. make the decisions ahead of time based on logic and then stick with them based on logic and not let the emotion take over, right? Right, and this is part of why I like the Dow 30 strategy you know, that we're talking about on the show, Dow 10, beating the Dow strategy, because there's no emotion involved in the strategy. It's just math. Which I know, Steve, makes you really happy. Man, I, I just get warm and fuzzy when I think about math. <laughs> but the math in the book is real simple. All you just calculate the yield. There's just one calculation. There's only two numbers involved, so it's not really complicated. It's not overly complex. In fact, there's websites that will do the math for you. And there are websites now that track the Dow stocks, the, the beating the Dow stocks. There are websites out there. There's one called, I think it's Dogs of the Dow, that tracks uh, this strategy itself. So you can get somebody else to do the math for you if you want to, if you really don't want to do the math. So the chat GPT thing could come in handy for guys like me. There you (laughs) go. Yeah, you might be able to do it for you too. Um, Okay. Anyhow, uh, here's a phrase that I I saw many years ago. All successful investing is a battle between one's need for certainty and one's tolerance for ambiguity. I'm down with that How much you can put up with risk. Yep. Does that make sense? The emotional capacity to function under uncertainty is the key to capturing higher returns and, at the same time, a critical test of one's emotional maturity. The more certainty you need, the lower your return will be over time. The, I mean, I'm, the, I'm the, sorry, I'm thinking about marriages when you well, say that. So I, <laughs> well, I'm, and I'm thinking risk-reward, which, as you just pointed out with your um, data earlier on the three different indices, is not always follow. Correct. 
But there's it, not always a, a perfect correlation between the two. You but here you're, you're talking about more of the emotional I'm in general side terms. of okay. Yes, because uh, what I'm saying is, Russell, if you opt for CDs every day, all day, with every dime you ever made. Let's say you buy CDs, and Steve over there buys ABC Vanguard Mutual Fund, which is, does the index, the S&P 500 index fund. Who do you think is going to win over a 30-year period? Well, I think Steve would win. He's going to crush you. Yeah, because right. CDs are, don't even keep up with inflation. Well, well yeah. let's just say your CDs are chugging along at 2% a year for the 30-year period. Whatever, right. just, just for sake of argument. And he's making which 12. Which on a good year doesn't right. cover inflation. But let's say he's making 12 at the same time. He's going to bury you, and it's not going to take long. You know, it's going to take about a year for him to get so far ahead of you, you'll never catch him. Uh, and that's what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about in just broad, general terms, our, our tolerance for risk is what really drives our rate of return, which is, this goes back to the asset allocation, you know, question, can we tolerate the risk? And this is part of why I like the tactical asset allocation system, because it allows people to tolerate the risk. They can be have equity exposure, stock exposure, without going through the huge gyrations that the market puts us through in years like last year. Because tactical asset allocation, my version of it, got out of the market at the beginning of February of last year. And that was only the beginning of the bad stuff, you know, to put it mildly. Right. Because we had got plenty more, the right time. We had plenty more mild bad stuff last year. And so if you're an investor in that strategy and Steve, it doesn't go down, you know, night eighteen, nineteen percent like the market does, you're more likely to stay with it. If you if you take a one sure. or two percent hit, you're gonna be like, That's not a big deal. Uh, beats being down eighteen percent. And if you stay with the strategy in the long run, you're more likely to do well. If you abandon it, the first week or month or year that you're in it, it's probably not going to work well for you. Well, and when that elevator starts going down, yes, you can step off of it. Yes, you don't have to take that ride down. And that's kind of what we're trying to do with tactical allocation system. It's not perfect, and I don't mean to say that it is. I don't want to imply that it is. It's certainly not a perfect system. It will have down years. It will have down periods. It's going to have periods where it drops. That's just part of life when you're invested in the market. It happens. You're not going to avoid it. And this goes back to my statement about emotional maturity. You've got to be able to handle that ambiguity. Just think of risk. When I say ambiguity, think of risk. You've got to be able to handle that risk, that volatility that is inherent in the market. You've got to put up with it. You, can, you should expect some volatility. Always expect some volatility, no matter what strategy you go into. If it's got market exposure anyway, certainly expect volatility. Be prepared for it. But think, what am I going to do if it happens? And don't wait for it to happen, to think that. Think about it. At a time. Yeah. I mean, when you contemplate and, and, and ask yourself, what is the worst possible thing that could happen? And if it did, what would I do? Right. You're going to be a lot more emotionally suited when something bad actually does occur. Is that fair? Absolutely. 100%. I, I think it's a great point, sir. Thank and you. Thank you for making it. And all right. So Dan also likes to give away books. And he does it every week here on the air. We're here every Sunday, beginning at 10. This week's book is called Beating the Dow. And he'll send you not only that book, but also information on the strategies he's been discussing this morning, the tactical asset allocation strategies. And you can have it all absolutely free by just calling his office. The number is 918-398-8387. So pick up the phone and call. Leave your name and address correctly and concisely on said voicemail. And uh, you'll get that book, Beating the Dow and the Information on Tactical Asset Allocation. Thank you, Dan Witham. Thank you, Steve Money. Thank you, kind listener. We'll see you here next Sunday at 10 for Money Talk on 1023 KRMG.
You've been listening to Money Talk with Dan Witham, a Wall Street veteran with over 25 years experience in the securities industry. The opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individuals. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA SIPC. All investing involves risk, including possible loss of principal. Join us again next week for Money Talk. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.